Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Don't do it yourself. Know what you're good at and find yourself a team. You don't have to start off with a 1,000 units. Get yourself one house if you have to and find the people that are going to be good at what they do. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. DJ Cummins, how you doing, DJ? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show and a little bit about DJ. He started investing in 2015 and has purchased three properties, a total of six units, and has now approximately $85,000 in equity in those properties with a current monthly cash flow of roughly $700 per month and all with an initial investment of $10,000. Based in Bethalto, Illinois, with that being said, DJ, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So I guess 1998, I was in high school, and I've heard a lot of people on your show talk about the Carlton Sheets program. Yep. I think I was a junior in high school, and I got the cassette tapes, and I listened, and I thought it was crazy, and that was the end of that. And then I guess about six years ago, my cousin, we were on a fishing trip, and he was talking about real estate, and him and his wife had a few apartment buildings. And they were, six years ago, they were about my age now, when they were talking about possibly retiring early. It all seemed crazy, and it got my interest sparked again. Mm -hmm. So well, it's less than a year from then is when my wife and I started investing. What was the first step you took? Well, we had a lot of research because at the time, we didn't have a lot of extra money. So the 10000 we started with was about every penny we could scrounge up. Mm -hmm. We started a partnership with my wife's cousin and his wife. And the four of us, we bought a fourplex in 2015. And then we bought two more single-family houses after that. Our market, this isn't great for the multifamily. There's not a lot of choices in the good area, and we've found a lot more success with the single-family since then. Mm -hmm. Do you have a full-time job? I do. I've been in the mortgage industry for 10 or 12 years now. I've been a loan officer, an underwriter, an appraisal analyst. Now I'm kind of an operations support, kind of in the background of a mortgage company. And then Erin okay. does purchasing for a steel mill. So she's good at finding deals and buying stuff. 
Okay. Aaron, your wife? Yeah, Aaron is my wife, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. Your background especially, and Aaron's too, but you've been in real estate as a W-2 employee or as a professional for a while before you started investing. And you got the initial investment was with $10,000, and that was with your wife's cousin and his wife. That was the fourplex that you still have? We actually sold that about three weeks ago, about a month ago. Well, it's the first time we've sold anything. Should I say congratulations? You should. I think we're kind of adjusting what we've had going on, and uh, we did good on it, and we're looking forward to the next purchase coming down the road. Great. What did you buy it for initially? We bought it for ninety-five. Uh-huh. Two units were vacant at the time, but the rents would have been seventeen hundred. And then we sold it for one eighteen five four years later, and it was bringing in roughly two thousand dollars in rent a month. So we raised the rents and we made some money out of it. And decided the partnership we were going to kind of go different ways, and so Aaron and I have some more money now to invest on our own in something. Okay, so it's more. The partnership structure was driving the sale and less the property profitability. But it was profitable, clearly, but it was more you wanted to go your separate ways. Yeah, I mean, the property was cash flowing four to $500 a month. So it was doing well, especially for a $95,000 investment. But we were just going to go in different ways with the partnership. And partnership is great when you get started because it's someone there has got your back on stuff. But it can also turn a great deal into an okay deal when you're just cutting the equity in half and you're cutting the cash flow in half. Sure. So it was time to go our own way. How much did you net from that transaction that you're able to now put into something else? I think ours was a little over nineteen, twenty thousand. Okay. So you put in ten initially, so you doubled your money in four years? Yeah, doubled our money in four years. Plus we had the cash flow in between there. Sure. Well, that's a pretty darn good return. <laughs> I would do it again, yeah. Yeah, not including the cash flow. That's 25% return just on the profits from the sale. Okay, and your two single-family homes, what were the purchase prices for each of those? One had it on the market, too. We're going to try and take some money from that one once we sell it. But that one, we purchased it for 43000 and these are all in a good area where we're from here. So it was purchased at forty three. It was renting at eight fifty a month. And we only had about eight to ten thousand dollars into it as far as fixing up the property. Mm-hmm. Right now we owe about twenty nine thousand on it, and we actually had an offer last week for sixty four on it. We were going to take, and then the offer fell through. So roughly, we should walk away with another thirty thousand dollars or so from that one. And thanks for mentioning how much you put into it. I should have asked on the fourplex how much you put into it. Did you put much into it since two units were vacant? We pretty much redid all the flooring, all the paint, several new refrigerators, a couple of air conditioners. So we put in quite a bit of things. Two of the apartments were completely redone, like gutted and started over on. So we put in a lot, then the cash flow did some of that work for us. Okay. And how much all in would you say you put into it? You bought it for 95 and then how much on top? We probably put 15 to 20 on it. We had one tent that tore it up a little bit on us, and that cost us 9000 just on a 500-square-foot apartment rehab. Dang. After you did the renovation? Yeah, we had done some renovations and then we pretty much had to get that one to start all over. We were going through an eviction and we were getting ready to do an eviction, so he didn't want us to go on the property. And he had a water leak in his bathroom and he had a pair of vice grip on the shower and I guess it busted and never told us. So there was some mold issues in two of the three rooms and it was pretty bad. That's gut-wrenching. That makes me sick for you. 
when you came across that, what was the process to resolve the issue? Well, we had some bids, and luckily the mold hadn't sat there for a long time, so we had to cut out some pieces of the wall, but we got it fixed pretty quick. We found some great contractors along the way that have been with us for several years now, and they got it turned around in just a little over a month, but still, it rents out for $500 a month, and you have to spend nine grand to fix it up. It's kind of a gut-wrenching, like you said. Yeah, the money from the rent go to these fixes that you did, or did you have to come out of pocket for anything? That one we came out of pocket some on just so we didn't drain our business bank account. And then we kind of paid ourselves back over the time with it. So and after the sale of the property, we got some back. But, so technically, the company paid for part of it, our LLC, and then we put a little bit in out of our pockets too just so we didn't drain the bank account on one unit. Of your two single-family homes, you said you bought one for 43000 and you're all in for around 53000 What about the other one? The other one is a little bit larger and... That's probably my favorite one that we have. We bought it for fifty-five, but we got a thirty-five hundred dollar closing cost assistance to put some work into the place. And I think we put twelve into it, and that was more than we had planned on because the inspector missed something on the foundation. We had to have the addition jacked up in the air about six inches. They just put the foundation just on cinder blocks on the dirt, so the kitchen was just slowly settling down into the ground. We had to pour some footers in it because it was supposed to be, you know, it wasn't going to be a huge rehab for us. It was going to be a paint job and flooring, and it was good to go. But then we had to jack the floor up, so that was kind of a scary thing. That one, so now we're into that one, I guess, for about 62, 63, and it's worth around 80. Okay. What's it rent for? It rents for 950. 950. How come you're selling the other single family home? That one was also in a partnership. Okay. And the $63,000 one is not? That one was just my wife and I. Hallelujah. You get to keep one. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to start all the way over. We, we, we've, we've paid our dues and we've learned what we're doing. We've got a team. So we, we've kind of got some ideas of what we want to do in the future. We're looking at some low. I, I call us chameleons because we're up for anything. So we've looked at car washes, storage facilities, laundromats, which terrified me looking at the laundromat, apartment buildings. When I say chameleon, we're up to change to do whatever we have to do to make the money. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why we're selling off the two in the partnership, just so we've got a little bit more freedom to do what we want and not have to run it by anybody else or anything like that. Did you do the renovations yourself when you had to get the units ready? Well, that was one of our big mistakes. At first, we were trying to do it ourselves, and anybody can paint. And when I say anybody, I mean anybody but me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so- me. We did okay, but it takes so long to do it yourself when you're, I'm working 40, 50 hours a week and I've got a 10 to 15 hour commute and then trying to put in a floor at nighttime or fix a toilet here and there. So we did a lot of it ourselves at first and we had an eye-opening experience in the apartment we turned over a couple of years ago and we did it ourselves and it took us four months to do. We saved on labor costs of the contractor, but a contractor could have finished that job in probably a week and a half to two weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we saved a thousand and lost two thousand at the same time, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> how it kind of went. So we learned our best asset is not doing things ourselves. We figured that out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. What took so long? And by the way, if I was doing it, it would have taken six months. You got yeah. it done four months faster than I personally would have been able to. Do. <laughs> but looking at it now that you're reviewing the process, what was taking you all longer than a contractor? 
Well, a few years ago, I had to Google the difference between a flathead and a Phillips screwdriver. <laughs> okay, I'm past so, that, at least. <laughs> so I've got that part down pat, you know. Okay. But it's just a learning process for your work on cabinets. or The painting was a pain, and then the guy was a smoker, and it was like a four-paint job type of place. And we bought the cheap paint thing, and we were being cost-effective, and that stuff didn't work at all. It was like putting white out on the walls. You know, we took like four or five different coats to get it on there, so we've learned not to use the cheap paint. It's kind of a learning process, so I guess we weren't in that big a hurry to get it turned over. We should have been. At that point, we were treating it more as a hobby instead of a business. Mm-hmm. And then we realized we were hurting ourselves in the long run, financially, and it was hurting my back down there doing all kinds of stuff. And you wrote a book about landlord life. In fact, it's called Landlord Life, A Diary of a New Real Estate Investor. What's in the book? Well, we did a lot of research before we got started. And I've read a whole lot of books and tons of blog posts and different websites and podcasts. And podcasts are awesome these days. But I just thought I wasn't getting the true picture of what being a landlord was going to be like. Some books are great. Some books are not so great. And I thought what I was most curious about was what the day-to-day was going to be like and what actually was like to be a landlord. There's a lot of books on how to find deals and do deals, but what do you do once you've got that deal? So we actually started writing the book. It was six months before we bought our first property. So I kind of jumped the gun on the book a little bit. But anytime we did something with the business, it's in the book. It literally is like a diary. So there's no chapters. It's literally anytime we did something with the business, there's a diary post and we made it into a book. Huh. It's not only helpful for others to see the play-by-play, but it's helpful for you as you're going about the process. I keep a daily journal and I've been doing it for three or four years. And it's just eye-opening to read what I was working on a year ago today, two years ago, three years ago, and thoughts. Have you kept up a journal or diary since publishing the book? I still catch myself writing stuff down, even though I'm not writing a book anymore, yeah. It did help. I had several times, like around tax time, that we forgot this and that, or what was this money for, or which LLC was this receipt for. And we were able to just pull up that Word document, and there it was. I wrote about it in the book, so we could figure out where it was coming from, so... Even if someone's not writing a book, it's not a bad idea to keep a journal of what's going on every on a day-to-day basis. For real estate investors who are starting out, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, like I said, don't do it yourself. Know what you're good at and find yourself a team. You don't have to start off with a thousand units. Get yourself one house if you have to and find the people that are going to be good at what they do. We've got an HVAC guy. We've got a painter. We've got a carpenter. So we've got a little bit of everything to help us now. So now we can keep on keeping on and not have to worry about anything else. So it's just knowing what you're good at is the biggest thing to me and avoiding what you're not. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. First quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever book you've recently read? 
Well, the cop-out answer would be my book or your book, so I don't want to give the cop-out answer. I want the real answer. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be fair to come on here when no one knows who I am to say my book's the best one in the world. Two that I really like, I have to mention two, a book on investing in real estate with no and low money down from Brandon Turner. My opinion, that book was kind of like Rich Dad, Poor Dad was. You know, a lot of people talk about how Rich Dad, Poor Dad what changed their mindset. Well, Brandon's book kind of took it a step further and gave specific examples on, hey, this is how you can get started, how you can do this without having a ton of money. And I thought that was a fantastic book. And then Mark Ferguson, he's written several, but Build a Rental Property Empire. I'm not sure that I want to have my own empire. I don't want to have 40 or 50 houses. We've had three properties the last few years, and I've had a few extra gray hairs pop up. But just seeing how he's done it, and it's just kind of an eye-opening book. It's possible to put your mind to it, and it's a great book. Best ever deal you've done out of the three? All three deals we've done, they all pretty much have similar cash-on-cash returns and all that kind of stuff. I really have decided that I like the single families more. So the most recent one that we just bought a couple years ago, I think it was 2017 was when we bought it, and cash flow is $300 a month. We've got about 20000 of our own cash into it, give or take a few dollars. And we've got twenty to 30000 extra equity built into the property already. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we have not talked about already? The biggest mistake, one, one for us is not having a property manager that I feel like. Someone that has a full day to dedicate to a problem if there is one. And someone that's okay to be the bad guy. One of them are not very good at being the bad guy. We found that out. But that was a big mistake for us, was not having a property manager. So we've got good tenants where we're at now, and I think we're okay with what we've got. But anything going forward is going to be under property management for us. Best ever way you like to give back? We're both big into volunteering at our church. We're both on a couple of boards of the church. And I'm on the financial board, for example. And we really have a passion of ours is helping out with the church. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you've been doing? Well, anyone's free to reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn under DJ Cummins. And I actually started a blog a couple of weeks ago, www.ragstonicerrags.com. <laughs> I'm not a rags to riches guy. I just want to have nicer rags. So that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of where I'm at on that. That's going to be a little bit of everything between real estate and there might be some personal posts, probably some St. Louis Cardinals posts. Sorry for if that offends anybody. But uh, I feel like I've learned a lot in the last few years, and I wrote a 400-page book, so I feel like I know a thing or two about a thing or two now. And I wanted to share it. I'm not on there to sell anything to anybody. It's kind of a way to get the word out for what we've learned. Well, DJ, thank you for sharing what you've learned and the experiences from your first three deals, the lessons from the renovation process, taking it over versus bringing in a property management company or contractor to partnerships and the challenges that you can come across with tenants who just go berserk and qualifications for screening tenants, all that stuff. And also as you're building your portfolio, where your focus is going. So thank you very much for being on the show. Enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure a lot of the best ever listeners who are looking to get into real estate or just getting going got a lot of value from this conversation so i really appreciate it hope you have the best ever day and congrats on the book and we'll talk to you soon 
Okay. Thanks so much. And thanks for all that you do for everyone out here. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.